G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz, this is episode number 83 of the Outback Mind podcast. Thank you so much for joining in, episode 83, a very, very special guest today, um, Someone that I've known for a while has uh, got an unbelievable story. Um, Amrit Sandhu is uh, a man from Melbourne. Um, some of you may have heard of, he's basically, over the last few years, created this unbelievable um, program called Inspired Evolution. And um, obviously on the back of that, he's become a, a world-renowned speaker um, about mental health, uh, about well-being, and about sort of, sort of trying to raise or raise high levels of consciousness within ourselves. And uh, Amrit's got an unbelievable story. Um, he was a civil engineer, uh, worked on construction sites a lot, had issues with depression. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about that today. Um, sort of what that looked like for him, how he basically came out of the other come out at the other side of that, but also how he's been able to utilize those uh, those moments to be able to transform his life and, and help others so since then he's, he's basically been echoed by uh, sorry um mentored by Eckhart Tolle and he's been uh inducted as a, a mind valley uh, master certified trainer as well which is no mean feat to be able to get to that stage is is quite unique and uh, Amrit's uh, got a beautiful story a special gift and there's lots to you know learn from Amrit which I'm sure we're going to hear uh, about some of the beautiful things that he's um, that he's been able to do today, but also some of the beautiful people he's been able to connect with around uh, the world through his Inspired Evolution podcast, which is really profound and um, lots of uh, educational tools. And uh, that's what it's all about, you know, to be able to sort of collaborate and share um, our knowledge and wisdom and experiences with others. I really believe that, you know, we're, we're sort of, we're, we're, we've been brought up into a world where we're sort of, holding information back within ourselves for fear of basically giving it away to someone else. But really, that's where the growth is. If you can create the gift that you have within yourself and then be able to share that with others, and that's only going to help not only you, but also others and the world transform. And I guess that's what the world really needs um, at the moment more now, now than ever. So I was really you know, grateful to... Um, to, to have Amrit along, he's just had a, a new baby um, uh, last week, a week ago. Uh, so, you know, it's really awesome for him to be able to make some time to have a chat with me today. And I'm sure you're going to get a lot out of this chat. Uh, I just want to make special mention to our partners. So Green Nutritionals, Green Organic Superfoods, supply supplements that uh, are purely based from the best sources in the world and um, purely organic so you know you can't get much better than that um, so if you're missing something in your life uh, magnesium calcium uh, omega-3 fats all those sorts of things i really encourage you to check their uh, website out greennutritionals.com.au we also get some support from pure life organic sprouted bakery their breads are available around australia their breads are sprouted so the grains are sprouted when the grains in breads are sprouted the digestion process in our bodies works a lot better and when our digestion's working well, our mental health works well. So I really encourage you to check them out, try their beautiful products, purelifebakery.com.au. Alrighty, sit back, listen, share this podcast if you find it helpful. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this uh, conversation, uh, conversation with Amrit and I today. Amrit Sandhu, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Brother, it is an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> And, you know, we, we just spoke, you, you've had a new baby in your life for a week now and um, obviously all the, the learning and, and disruptions and all that, that go with that, it doesn't work like clockwork and, you know, you, you, your sleep cycle would have been thrown out of whack and all that and, uh, mate, I'm really grateful that you, um, you know, found time to come and have a chat to myself and the listeners out there today. Oh, it's an absolute honour and a pleasure to uh, to be here with you, and thank you so much for for having me. And it's yeah, just being super accommodating for me to to be here. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's it's been pretty interesting uh, last week. Uh, it's been an absolute blessing, but also a whirlwind. Um, becoming a dad for the first time, touch wood. Um, but you know, it all makes it worth it when I just look down at his little face, and it's just it. Everything seems to make sense in that moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a total blessing. But uh, like you said, uh, yeah, the, the the nights are getting pretty long in the tooth at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and mate, you know, you've got to be uh, compassionate for babies because they can't talk and they, 
you know, they, they, they're just finding uh, this new world that they've come out of um, a beautiful, safe, uh, comfortable environment, you know, and um, I can see in that, that little boy Satch uh, so much character already, you know, so, um, so you know, he's so fortunate to come in, coming into a family such as yours where he's got, oh, you know, pure, pure love around him and, um, you know, that's, that's a special gift, so be, uh, be really, really proud, mate. I'm, I'm so happy for you and, um, you know, I'm sure... The happiness is going to come through uh, our words in this conversation, mate. So, I really, really uh, want to hear about your your journey. Um, you know, you, you were you were a traditional kid here that sort of come through school, did well, went into uni, and so forth, and then sort of you know thought you were getting into your dream job. Can you tell us a bit about your upbringing and how that all worked out? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, if we want to keep it succinct, then um, <laughs> just because uh, you flew through it just there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like I, I had a, a very traditional private school education um, here in Australia, um, all boys school. Really, really great education. Um, but yeah, you know, typical old boys club, um, old boys school, and yeah, really, you know, can't can't fault it in in too many ways. Um, and touch wood, I kind of grew up doing pretty well at school, if you will. Um, you know, if not top of the class, then sort of, you know, somewhere near there, um, above average, let's put it that way anyway. Mm. Um, and that kind of just led to a trajectory, you know, where I was always going to, you know, leave school in a pretty good stead and, you know, go to university. That was always just, just on the, on the cards and, you know, the charted waters, if you will. Mm. Um, and then... Fast forward that, I, um, you know, when I did finally leave university, um, I, again, graduated, you know, really, really well, touch wood. And, I, again, uh, for those tuning in, you're probably going, like, this guy's pretty full of himself. Um, but one of the things <laughs> that happened was um, when I graduated university, they gave me an award, um, which was, you know, um, not just top of structural engineering, but not just top of engineering, but top of, like, the university for that year across all degrees and all cohorts and the reason i share this with you is because when they asked me is like why because there was this whole interview panel process and it was quite rigorous i said why why would we give this award to you i said look like i've been through quite the journey to get here um and if you gave it to me then you'd be effectively giving this award not to me but to others that i know may be inspired by my story Right, so there was that little bit of insight. So I share all of this with you, just honouring kind of, you know, how I got bestowed that award um, and, you know, all those accolades, if you will, to just honour that process, which was to, yeah, be here and have this conversation with you today around, you know, someone that graduated top of university, um, then had the pick of the litter of whichever, you know, job they could, they could, they could have um, in, in the industry. Mm. And uh, I I remember it was actually the very first day um, that I rocked up. Like I'd I'd had uh, work on the side for a while while I was at uni, but I remember the first day I rocked up at this this dream gig, and uh, I remember looking at my my regional director, and I'd been through a bit of life before this, but I remember looking at him and just going, he he's burnt out. Yeah. Like he's a dishonest person. You know, and I won't name names and I'm not judging him, but I'm just, you know, this was my awareness at the time. I was like, he's a dishonest person, um, very crude, (laughs) you know, very crude, which is okay, you know, like um, nature of the construction industry. But, you know, it was almost like he was bullishly, yeah, just above and beyond, you know. Mm. Um, And I was just looking at him and I was like, "There's there's not a lot of what you embody that inspires me on this path and one of the things that I clearly remember saying to myself was you know this corporate ladder kind of leads to there so that's who I'm looking up to right like that's who I'm going to become and then I was like there's this disconnect because there was I definitely didn't want to become that person that I was looking at at the time Um, but at the same time some part of me you know the optimistic younger part of me was like you know what I'm going to be the change I want to see in the world. You know, that's still my Facebook <laughs> uh, tagline as well. Um, I want to be the change I want to see in the world. So I thought, you know what, I, um, you know what, I'll like, let's stick at it. And, you know, maybe we are the next generation. We change how things are done um, in organisations. Mm. And so, you know, ensued, you know, this 
this slog, if you will, um, for quite some time. <laughs> We're talking years upon years upon years. And by the end of it, I'm not sure if uh, any of your listeners are familiar with the movie The Matrix. Have you, have you watched it, Aaron, The mate, Matrix? Mate, I'll be honest with you, it's one movie I've never watched, and that, that's the honest truth. There's, there's a lot of people yeah. out there that, that still hang shit at me for that, but uh, <laughs> I, I've never watched it. But yeah, I, there's I, just this really interesting part where, like, and I'll, and I'll sort of try and put it in a capsule form so that it doesn't, um, yeah, so it doesn't, yeah, so you can, you can understand how I was feeling. But basically, um, there's this moment in that whole series where, you know, it's basically man versus machine. Mm. Um, and at a certain point in time, the machine realised that it could just grow humans and use them as its battery cell source, mm. right? So when you think about a remote, imagine the remote being the machine and the battery cells being the humans. And it was just operating because humans like a really good solar batteries, if you will. And that's kind of how I started feeling about work towards the end of it. Because I was just, you know, construction's a pretty full-on industry, six, you know, six days a week, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mm. And you basically spend your Sundays just recharging, rejuvenating, getting, you know, pulling your socks up for the rest of the week to start again. So, mm. yeah, it was just a, it was, it was, it was full-on. Um, and when I share this story from stage, I usually <laughs> I usually joke that you know I um, I just had my midlife crisis you know before the age of thirty. Uh, I'm not anything special. I just <laughs> I just put in the same amount of hours that most people put in by the age of forty. <laughs> I put them in by the age of thirty, just because the nature of the industry that I was in. Um, but um, but yeah, it's uh, I just started really feeling like I was just being harvested for my energy. Like I was just going in and I was you know just working, 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 coming home, resting. And there's just this disconnect. Like, I was earning really good money, right? Mm. But all of this money that I was earning, I was I was spending it on the rent on a home that I was never at because I was always at work. Yes, yeah, I know the feeling. Right? And then I was just like, and I was like, so I spend all this money, right? And I'm spending like, we're talking almost 700 bucks a week in rent just to be in this place on Sunday, <laughs> you know, like, and it just, it just wasn't making sense. And I was just like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like I just, something's wrong. Something's broken. And, uh, one of the things that really was true for me was my inspirations in life. You know, they, they, if I really tuned in, I was spending time like YouTubing stuff and, you know, following people on social media and, you know, I was interested in like good books, good authors, people that were, you know, helping people transform and change personal development people, philosophers, spirituality, and that doesn't have to be, you know, the the type of people that inspire your audience. Mm. Um, But at the same time, there was just a disconnect between the life that I was living and those people that inspired me, Mm. right? So I wasn't following my inspirations. And you'll remember, like, my regional director was the opposite of my inspirations, right? I clearly knew day one, day dot, that he wasn't aligned to who I wanted to become. And I think it's just so, like, as I'm sharing this with you, like, it's it's so obvious, like, it stares you in the face, but yet so many of us live in, like, in conflict to that awareness. Like, we want to be a certain person, yet we live a life a very different way to that person that we want to be. Mm. You know, it's like, I wanted to be a speaker, I wanted to be a coach, I wanted to be a podcaster, right? It's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to just live a life, you know, being in conversation with people and helping them, you know, have good mental health, yeah? Mm-hmm. And, but I was in this corporate grind mm-hmm. that was helping me basically, you know, build apartments for people and it just wasn't aligned to what it is that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I just, for the life of me, couldn't figure out how one, I was going to say how the hell, <laughs> but how one goes from building apartments to helping people with, good, like, you know, with, you know, having good mental health. And over time, I just realized something's going to give. And that's when I started the podcast called The Inspired Evolution. It was basically me inspired by people such as yourself doing amazing work in the world. Mm. Um, But I wanted to evolve into that sort of lifestyle, that sort of living, having that sort of impact, Mm. right? And, you know, I thought, what the heck, I'm just going to interview people that are doing it already and find out how how the hell, again, sorry, I should probably stop swearing. That's okay. Uh, But how... How are they actually doing it? And then this is how an engineer thinks, right? Like I was thinking I'd interview about 200 people 
and just de-engineer like exactly what China does to Germany's machines, right? Like just de-engineer like the best practice and re-engineer that into my life and then walk out and become an entrepreneur or a creative mm. and follow my, follow my heart, follow my inspirations. Mm. And I lasted about 10 episodes. So I did about 10 interviews and I realized actually there's no formula for creativity and entrepreneurialism mm. um, because it's your expression of you. The thing that you sort of draw inspiration from is unique to you. Mm. Uh, we kind of, we're all the universe looking in on ourselves in some way. And that means that no two of us are the same, right? And no two of us is superfluous to the grand design of it all. Mm. So on that, it was like, oh, holy holy shit, I've, I've got to find the courage within myself to go and just free fall and see where I land and see what creativity emerges out of that. And that was, I was grateful that the podcast was there to transition me through that time. I just kept interviewing people, but I, I quit my job. Um, and from there, I found my feet in, uh, in coaching. Yeah, yeah, it's been quite the journey. Unbelievable. So, so mate, like, Full credit to you for having the courage, obviously, for a start to do that, but there was a higher calling there from, from day one. You, you had this intellectual ability, but I think you had uh, spiritual coherence, which was far beyond that, you know, and, uh, and that spirit was looking at that, uh, that, that uh, foreman, whoever he may have been on that particular day that you arrived at work thinking, yeah, mate, I've experienced a lot, so don't worry, exactly the same, but... The easy road is to just follow that guy because you're going to get paid paid money and you go follow the breadcrumbs that society loads out for you by you know getting the stuff. But something taught would be toiling away underneath all that, um, which is no doubt going to lead you to feeling depressed because you're not really living in line with where your spirit is wanting you to take you, I suppose. Totally. And just on that note, like, you know, again, I only shared that, you know, like, you know, I did really well academically just to sort of honour the fact that, you know, like even someone that did so well academically did not find their feet, you know, like I was like on the path of complete success, right? Mm. <laughs> and it was just like it still did not find my feet, did not land squarely, you know, when it got to. And it just goes to show that it can be so rickety mm. out there in the world, you know. It's like even, you know, lining yourself up to the nth degree for success doesn't ensure success, right? And I think the fundamental thing in there is defining success for ourselves. You know, like I graduated with degrees, top of degrees, which weren't necessarily aligned to my deepest passions, mm. yeah? So taking a moment to like understand what do you define as success? Success is unique to the individual. Mm. And, you know, on that note, I had a, I've got a very dear friend who was a groomsman at my wedding and he's a very successful um, entrepreneur in his own right. Um, he's the founder of this uh, organisation here in Australia called Vets on Call, where the vets come to your house and he's completely disrupting the vet, veterinary industry. Mm. Super convenient to have the vet come to you instead of you having to go to them. Absolutely. And um, he, we were chatting about this and he said, look, you know, in some ways, you know, you, like being intellectual is even more of a burden mm. because you could do anything, you know, and I, and I just share this because some, some, of the, some of your audience tuning in are actually really smart people that just can't manage to figure out life on their own terms, mm. you know. And the challenge is just the pure overwhelm of the opportunities that are there. Mm. Right? We live in a very interesting age, right? There's so much access to abundant information that, you know, you could set up a business on imp like importing coffee beans. You could set up a business as a teacher, uh, you know, teaching good mental health awareness. You could set up a business, you know, to sending people on tourism to, to Peru and back. Like you could set up a business selling craptastic goods online, you know, like you could, you could do this. It's just, it's, there's so much potential. Um, and he said to me, he was like, you know, it's, it's easier when you, when you don't have as many options mm -hmm. because you've kind of just got to dig in and, and, and set sail and go. So just speaking to some of those people that, you know, are tuning in and, you know, you are, you know, smart, but you're also frustrated that, you know, you can't figure life out on your own terms. You know, sometimes that's the burden of, you know, knowing too much, if you will. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, you think about how much choice we've had created in our lives over the last 30, 50 years. Uh, there wasn't much beyond that, you know. Um, it was very simple. You, you look at someone inspirational like Steve Jobs wore the same clothes every day. 
You know, he, he limited his choice because he wanted to keep life simple. And when you do that, then I guess your, your nervous system starts to become a bit more in line with uh, with what's really important in life. And now, Amrit, it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about your journey because some people might, might have judged you for being ungrateful because you'd had like this, this blessed upbringing and, you know, you got the, the, the high marks and you just needed to follow that career path because you were good at it. Did that, did that sort of uh, burden you at all? Was those sorts of um, expectations and that uh, laid upon you at all? Uh, I wouldn't say I had the easiest childhood, to be honest, because I grew up in an immigrant family mm. um, here in Australia. So they fought very hard for me to gain access to the education that I did mm. to the point where, you know, my parents were always working. Um, I was there at school winning awards and, you know, there's no there's no two ways about this. Like a big part of, like they respected academic prowess as, as immigrant parents. And I was busy trying to, you know, like I look back now, I didn't know this at the time, but I was trying to perform at school so well so that they would, you know, feel like they were like that. I would get their acknowledgement at the end of the day. Right. Um, So that they could be proud of me. And, you know, I clearly remember there was, you know, award ceremonies where, I, like, everybody's parents are there except my parents and I'm winning all the awards, touch wood, yeah. Yeah. right? And that's just, a, that's just a kid crying for help, you know. Now, my parents, I can't fault them, you know. They did everything they could to put, like, bread on the table to give me such an education, you know. Like, I was the only, like, Indian kid in my school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents were first generation here from India. So they, you know, and I totally understood, you know, and some part of me also just wanted to honor the fact of how hard they were working, you know, to just ensure that I had this epic education to make the most of it and make sure that they realized that, you know, that I wasn't a waste of their time and energy, if you will. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's quite a bit in there. So I definitely don't feel, um, yeah, like I had it super smooth, super easy. Like I definitely, you know, I've, bum down, heads up, sort of, uh, head down, bums up, sort of, sort of thing. Um, definitely worked hard um, to sort of get to where I wanted to go. Um, even in university, you know, like I, I had this mentality of, you know, attending the same class twice. So I'd find out when classes were on and I'd go to the second class again because I found the first time I was just sort of just getting it and the second time I'd actually able to be able to ask questions and figure things out a little bit. So, mm. you know, showing up 200%. Um, when a lot of people are out there bludging university as well. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I didn't really have any, any qualms about, you know, me potentially having the easy route. Um, if, yeah, the, if, if that's what you're asking, um, I had no sort of guilt around any of that. I definitely um, feel like, you know, it was hard work. Um, and if anything, it was, it was hard to sort of witness that shit. I've put like this many years into building, you know, this person in this way and then realizing that, Actually, this is I've built the wrong, I've built myself the wrong, I've built the wrong house. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. it's not where I wanted the kitchen. It's not where I wanted the living room. You know, everything's back to front, <laughs> and it's like shit. But I've invested so much of my life <laughs> up until this point, and that's where you know the word you used before, courage. Like it really does. You know, and again, this podcast sounds like I'm aggrandizing myself. I'm really not. You know, like I'm just trying to hopefully share cleanly. You know, the, the points of. Um, the points that really created the shift for me and that word courage that you used is so important man like yeah. it took courage to sort of say you know what i'm out you know and i'm, I'm actually going to follow my dreams and follow my heart um it was way easier to just be mainstream successful it was way harder to follow my heart way 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 harder mm. um and even ensuring success on that path you know is so yeah, it's up and down and all around, but, you know, there's this belief that I carry, I guess, touch wood, um, which, and I think we all have this innate belief, actually, that if we follow our passions, there we will find the greatest success because we're going to show up, you know, a thousand times more stronger than our competition or, you know, even our brothers and sisters that are on that path because that's what we're, we're, we're doing all the time anyway. Like, to give you an insight, like on the Inspired Evolution now, like as a coach, I'm having these conversations like this with you all the time. You know, like you, you call me up, you're like, dude, are you, are you, are you sleep deprived? How are you going? It's like, sure. Like, you know, yes, I'm thriving on four to five hours sleep a night, but at the same time, like, 
I'm doing this all the time, you know, like not the lack of sleep, but I'm always learning, researching, like understanding more about the brain, understanding more about health, understanding more about the wisdom, you know, spirituality and how to actually integrate spirituality into our lives so we can live like a fuller, richer experience, how to design lifestyle, how to coach people so they can live on purpose fundamentally so they can be the healthiest version of themselves. I'm researching that all the time. Like, you can't turn that off. Like, I'm actually just, and you, you can call it research, but it's just what my natural curiosities are. Mm. So when someone rocks up to have a conversation, they're like, dude, that's really insightful. And it's like, well, yes and no. It's just like, that's the kind of, like, that's the hammer I am. So I'm going to be pretty good at nailing that in. Yes. You know what I mean? So what type of hammer are you and what's your nail is really important to get clear on. Because, you know, for a while there, I was a spanner trying to nail shit in and it wasn't working. Yes, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Interesting. So much coming to me there, Amrit. Like, I, I observed as a young fella coming through, I didn't follow the, the same path as you, but I, I lived in um, uh, a nursing home. I was doing, like, psychiatric work when I left school. Uh, it's really interesting how that's all evolved. But um, anyway, I was living in a nursing home and uh, there was kids that were coming through as interns, doctors, and, mate, they were miserable because they were, they were just uh, doing what mum and dad expected of them. You know, they had <clears throat> the big house in queue and they had uh, uh, all these uh, all these special gifts, driving BMWs, you know, at a, at in their early 20s and so forth, in their sixth year of, of uni. And, mate, the suicide rates were actually, like, very high for, for these people, you know. They, they, they were very privileged, but they were actually, like, working away from their alignment. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, you know, coming from India, like your, your heritage and your background, people in, in that, that Eastern uh, culture and environment are very spiritually conscious and aware, you know, and um, that's obviously been you know, part of your life. Uh, also a, a part of India is, you know, a, a bit of a, um, an us and them type mentality where the haves and the have-nots. And, you know, my, my experience over there was spending time with the, the less fortunate and actually observing how, how connected to their hearts they were. Yeah, India is a really remarkable country. I had Being an only child, I had this really blessed um, opportunity to go back every year or every couple of years. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've had an interesting relationship with India as well because when I first started going, like you said, it was very have and have not. Mm. And subsequently, in recent times, I've had this growing middle class thanks to all the offshore investment, you know, with all these software companies setting up call centres and whatnot there and India being a massive service economy. Mm. Um, but, yeah, when I first went there, you know, it was it was this real clear sign that, you know, my family, touch wood over there, you know, had were quite well to do and, you know, they, they, they were super stressed, man, <laughs> like yeah. super stressed, yeah, yeah, like really full on. Um, and then I had, you know, like the people that were, would come through and, you know, clean your homes and, you know, drive you around and the people, you know, at the grocery store, like at the, at the markets, the grocery markets and whatnot. And they had the brightest coloured saris and, you know, they had, they had the least amount of money, but they were the happiest, you yes. know. And it was this really interesting juxtaposition to be exposed to as a kid, you know. Um, coming from, you know, Australia where, you know, the majority of us are middle class, you know, this working class, if you will. Mm. Um, it was just it was just very, very interesting. And then subsequently having witnessed India go through its changes um, has been quite heavy on my heart because I fell in love with that India, you know, that, you know, the haves and the have-nots, unfortunately. Some, there was something really romantic about it where, you know, you could really feel just the peace that was available in people's acceptance of where they were at, mm. um, but subsequently with capitalism making, securing more and more of a foothold in India, everybody's in back in the rat race now, trying to get a TV, trying to get a car, trying to get a home, which, dude, they're completely entitled to get. Like, I am definitely not saying that they're not. Like, my parents came here to afford a future for me mm. in Australia, and, you know, it's it's reaped many benefits, touch wood, and I'm so grateful for it. Mm. So no one can say, hey, you don't deserve a better lifestyle. Mm. But the frequency that that brings in, you know, it's this discontentment, you know, that you consistently settled settled with, um, and it just it just changes the fabric of the culture. It just changes the fabric of, of reality. Mm. Um, and yeah, going back, you know, like to what you mentioned, you know, um, you know, your parents, you know, they that you know, a lot of people living out their parents' dreams, and it's, you know. On, on some note, it's, you know, especially just becoming a father for the first time as well, I'm super present to this at the moment. It's like I'm not sure how not to imprint my child. Mm. You know, as much as, as, you know, I've been doing this work, <laughs> you know, touch wood, like almost a 
you know, eight years. <laughs> like, it's been a long time, right? I can't even count now. Mm. You know, it's it's been a long time, but at the same time, I'm still not sure how to not imprint my child just because I love him that much that I want him to have the best future possible but that's my wants and desires for him how do I surrender that you know Um, and so I think feeling into that like our parents always had the best of intentions for us right like always always and if you don't believe that then you're in a really rickety sort of space because you know family gives you a really solid footing and a grounding right if you can learn you know how important community is for your mindset wow like you know you'd you'd think twice about your family your friends and everything like some of the key indicators to longevity is a sense of community Mm. right so and it starts with your family now i know not everybody has a rosy family i surely didn't myself um but also you know counting the blessings where they are you know my mum and dad definitely pushed me um i used to joke my mum's (laughs) my mum's philosophy was the harder she'd kick me the further i'd go (laughs) and uh and, uh, but it all came from the best of intentions, right? And you've got to believe that, right? You've got to believe that because otherwise, you know, what do you really have? And so, you know, understanding that they were doing the best that they could, but at the same time, like, you came into this world a unique expression, right? And even little things, like when I first got into the industry, I remember talking to my father. I said, hey, Dad, like, I could do, it, uh, I could do an engineering design job. And it would pay me uh, at the time, you know, this was a graduate gig. It was like, I could pay me 60K a year. And, you know, but I'd be earning like 55 bucks an hour because I'd only be working, you know, these days of the week. Mm. And he said, okay. I said, or I could go into construction and go onto this path of becoming a construction manager. And I could earn 100K a year as a graduate, but my hourly rate would be like 27.50. Yes. And he goes, is this a question? And I'm like, yeah, like, which one should I do? And he's like, why is that a question? Someone's given you a hundred grand for the year. You do that. (laughs) And in that moment, I realized, oh, snap, like, we're, we're different. You know, like, with all the best intentions that he had, like, I value my per hour rate way more than what someone's just going to pay me as a lump sum throughout the year. But obviously he wouldn't because he came here as an immigrant trying to establish himself, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that he could have access to more funds, he, he like my dad worked so hard in his own business, right? He was like uh, like at work at 10 a.m. and finished at four, like 3, 4 a.m., right? And he was just doing that again and again for 30 years, like living off six hours sleep. Like he just, he, he just an absolute beast, right? Mm-hmm. But his mentality was so different. Right. In that moment, I realized I was like, actually, I like he afforded me an opportunity to think differently, but he necessarily may not be able to step into that because that's not his paradigm. And I've got to grow up and step into that paradigm myself. Mm-hmm. Now, I wish I could tell you that I took the, the, the job that had the greater hourly pay. But no, you know, like I respect my father and I followed the guidance, you know, and I took on the construction gig. Um, obviously, you know, being groomed a certain way and thinking, you know, there's more money in it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um and again, I'm grateful for it because it taught me all the life lessons that, you know, brought me to here. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but I do think, you know, it's really important to realise that our parents, you know, they have the best interests, you know, like their, like our best interests in their heart. Um, but it's just that they, they live in a different generation. They live in a different fabric of reality. You know, they've had different lessons, different insights. Mm. And so they're just doing the best they can. And at some point it's on us to also unlearn some of the things that don't serve us mm. um, and give a lot of thanks for the things that have served us up until this point. I need to share something with you. Uh, when, when I first met you, uh, 2017, I think it was, but I, I, um, I, I, I basically had a great job in Tassie. I had two boys, um, you know, they were, they were 16 and 12 at the time. Um, I realised that my heart was not taking me uh, to where where it was wanting to go. So I quit. I became a yoga teacher. I I moved back to Victoria, um, and I had to. I wouldn't say I had to, but I I for my kids' growth, I could see my own father's behavioural patterns coming into my parenting, and uh, you talk about imprints. Those imprints were there. So I had a conversation with my boys and said, look. Basically, my dad was not well. He was back in country Victoria. I wanted to go back and spend time with him before he passed away. And he's still alive today, but he has severe dementia. But um, I said, look, you know, I want to I do this to be around my father. 
Um, you know, it's going to mean that I'm not going to be around you guys as much. But deep down underneath that, I knew that I wasn't being the parent um, that, that I, I wanted to be. I was being more like my dad. So, so they said, yeah, that's okay, Dad. You can go and do whatever you need to do. Mum will, Mum will take care of us. We'd separated at the time. Um, but the whole time with those two boys is I've always um, encouraged them to be who they really want to be, you know, not, not, not what I expect or, or what someone else expects. And um, my oldest son um, finished year 12. Last year was going to be a gap year. He was going to travel and all that sort of stuff. I've taken him to India and I've taken him around the world and, you know, looked at diff- different cultures, trying to give him some, some understanding that, you know, what we're seeing here is not really... Um, coherent with with life in general in in many ways and um, you know I just left him to to understand who he really was uh, so he could make the decisions that he wanted to do and he had the ability to be able to maybe get drafted to the AFL and he had the ability to maybe go to university and do really well because he's quite smart but he took a year off and he said no I just think I want to be an electrician so he went and be he did his pre-walk and he got picked up you know before he'd finished and now he's absolutely loving it you know and my youngest son had been um, heavily involved in soccer and travelled the world playing soccer, and um, he's 16 now, and, and last year around his 16th birthday, 16th birthday, he said, no, Dad, I don't want to play anymore. So, you know, we'd, we'd inspe- invested a lot. Um, he'd been in an academy for years and, and all that sort of thing, and, yeah. and now, uh, same with him, I'm just encouraging you, do what you feel is, is right for you and, and, and doing the things that that make you, you know, feel feel comfortable with your life. Don't worry about what other people are saying, the judgments and so forth. And that's the stuff that I needed to hear from my dad, you know. Um, and, and I suppose that took me, will you use the word courage again? That took a lot of courage because I miss my kids, you know, and, um, and all that. And it's been difficult because... I've, I've been giving a lot to others through teaching and, and yoga and all that sort of stuff and still nourishing myself in many ways, but I've missed um, you know, a, a key part of their lives. But at the same time, I've had to sacrifice that to be able to allow them to, to grow. And if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have had the realisations that I've had and sort of, you know, been able to spend that time with my father that I would never have, have given back. And, you know, a lot of these things that are that are embedded in us as kids stay with us into adulthood. We just think that's the norm. But if we can maybe you know move away from them, we can we can have the ability to be able to be who we really want to be, and that keeps our mental health more balanced and well. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, I think it's pretty remarkable what you're sharing there because what I'm hearing is, and I can. <laughs> really hard to make that decision to, to step away um, when you had that realisation because ultimately, you know, we, we can only really serve from a full cup, mm. yeah, which is like a big realisation. And it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty easy to sort of, uh, as a metaphor to understand, it's like, you know, I've got to fill up my own cup before I serve others. And for some people, like, check in, it might feel self-serving, might feel selfish. Mm. Um, but it's the reality of it. Like, if you don't look after yourself, it's just like the airplane, right? If you don't put your oxygen mask on first, you know, you're no use to anyone, <laughs> really. Mm, yeah. um, but I can imagine how tough that must have been, you know, especially just feeling into, like, becoming a dad for the first time, like yeah, like how hard it must be to be like, actually, I've got to take a step back so that, you know, you can have the space that you need and I need to go get myself, you know, in a space where I can fill my own cup up and, you know, mm. um, support you that way. So, yeah, man, I, um, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, really, really just holding space to witness your journey there and, and it, I imagine it's not been easy. Um, some of the decisions you've made probably has required a lot of courage on your part as well. Well, it's, it's interesting, um, you know, you talk about filling your cup. I, I was a health advisor with the government and um, I, I looked at staff that were just completely, completely burnt out, surgeons, nurses, um, you know, executives, all that. Um, the, the, the HR manager that I reported to was a lunatic, you know, and <laughs> I, I didn't want to be like him. He was on 450 yeah. a year. I was on half of that, I was on good money, but um, at the same time, I was going the same path as what your dad did, you know, and, um, and I just saw that, that life was so much greater than that. I didn't really need to, to, to be uh, attached to those things that were causing me suffering, and that's when I sort of decided that I, I needed to have less to have more, I suppose. 
Um, so I walked away from a lot of the, you know, the, the, the things that I thought would keep me happy, a bit like yourself, having to work all the time to, to, to pay for a mortgage that I was only spending a limited amount of time there. And um, uh, the, the way that I sort of perceived life was, was crazy because that had kept me uh, in that mindset for 30, well, it was probably 40, 44 years or 45 years at that time, you know. So, um, so it was a long time to be sort of uh, unsure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think um, also interesting, like, to sort of feel into, and uh, I think, you know, when we dropped in today, you said, you know, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned um, on the inspired evolution and the journey there is, you know, one of the things that, first of all, like, the internal work stuff, like, internally, just the power of momentum is no one talks about it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we can totally talk about that more, but externally, um, you know, we live, we live these lives that are filled with challenges, you know, filled with challenges. And one of the things that I've just had to learn again and again, after four years of just interviewing, like some of the most influential people on the planet, Touchwood, it's been amazing. This journey of Inspired Evolution is so humbling. It's ridiculous what's possible. Mm. Um, by the way, I love the fact that you've got a podcast. Like, podcasting is such a trip, man. It is such an amazing thing. Like, yeah. basically, you get an hour's worth of chatting to someone that is your inspiration, and the only caveat is that you have to share it with the world. Mm. And you sharing it with the world builds a community and a tribe around the things that you're passionate about. Mm. What? Like, what is the downside to this, that I have to spend an hour of my time? Like, I just, I just, don't, I, I just, I'm in awe of podcasting. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, one of the things that I consistently have found through interviewing these people and the overarching story is they had some massive challenges in their life. Mm. And it's the hero's journey, right? Like the thing that helped them get through their challenge became their biggest gift and offering to the world. And almost like the harder they, again, part of my French, ate shit in that challenge, right? The greater their success when they started, when they came back with that shiny sword, you know, from having slayed that dragon eventually, yes. right? And the greater the, the influence they have around the world and on the planet, but they went through some serious stuff, right? So just to give you an example for myself, like, you know, biggest challenge was career, like one of my biggest challenges was career misalignment, mm. yeah. Mm. And so now it's like, well, duh, you're going to become a purpose coach, you know, guiding organisations, guiding people to be in, in like incongruence to their values and making sure that they're aligned to their purpose, why? Because you spent, like, so many years out of alignment with your purpose, right? Building this home that was, you know, the kitchen in the wrong place and the living room in the wrong place, like we said before, mm. right? So your biggest challenges form your biggest gifts, yeah? Um, you know, you said, you know, and again, maybe this is inappropriate to do this and call me out if it is, but, you know, you said, you know, like, you wanted to spend more time with your dad, mm. you know, and your dad's got some mental health challenges out there and he's in rural Victoria. It's no surprise that, you know, the work that you're doing is having such an impact out there in rural Victoria, helping people with good mental health, right? That's one of the biggest challenges that you've sat with. Mm. And that becomes your gift, right? And it's just, I see it everywhere now, Touchwood. And so a lot of people are like, you know, let that be some inspiration. If you're going through the tough times, know that what comes out on the other side is going to be epic, mm. right? Mm. Um, and the other note is like, learn, take a moment to take stock of some of your challenges because sometimes we just want to run away from them. But what did you actually learn? And some of the things that you learned from there are really valuable and actually you can help others with that. And actually, you know, that might just be your life's calling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The things you don't learn at school. Incredible. It's, it's just got to be able to come to you, doesn't it? I guess at the end of the day, it's, um, it's the innate knowing, I suppose, it's like that the undercurrent that's, that, that, that's got to come out. Um, yeah, amazing, Amrit. Like, like uh, thinking, thinking about a lot of the people that you've interviewed, a lot of this would have come to you through a lot of the content that, the, that, 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 that they've given you, I suppose. Um, you know, you've, you've been able to speak to some amazing people <clears throat> thought leaders, spiritual uh, leaders, um, a variety of different um, types and and all that knowledge uh, has, has sort of come into you and now you're able to, to share that with the world, um, which is such a gift, you know. And you talk about the joy of what we're doing here, it really is a joy because you, you're just, you're talking from your heart and, and there is some That's ego right. occasionally, we pick that up, but when you start talking from the heart, it just... 
it just opens not only you, but it opens up everyone else. And, and that, that's the gift mm. of humanity, I, I believe. Um, mm. Yeah. Tell me, who are some of the most inspirational people that you've, you've been able to connect with here? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, oh, it's hard to... Oh. Yeah, Eckhart definitely has a beautiful space in there. There's, there's some part of me that wants to take the, the sort of cheesy answer and just be like, you know, everybody that has been on has met me in a certain place, you know, at my point in my development that has left an imprint. Mm. Um, that it's very hard to say, you know, who have been some of the most inspirational um, because sometimes it's, you know, inspiration can be found in even just the, you know, the, the smallest things. Um, so, yeah, but I guess some of the, I guess feeling into the essence of your question, who are some of the most more noteworthy um, people that people may have heard of, I guess, um, that have been on. Um, yeah, so working with Eckhart Tolle was really amazing, um, life-changing, in fact. And uh, Marianne Williamson, she was running for president in the United States. She was really incredible to get on, mm. um, but the politics of love. Um, Nassim Haramein, a quantum physicist, um, potentially able to win the Nobel Peace Prize. That was pretty ridiculous. That conversation was just <laughs> next level. Um, quantum biologist Rupert Sheldrake, that was that was really something in there as well. Um, a person mixing uh, spirituality and science a lot um, was uh, Greg Braden. That was yeah. a really good episode, I feel. I've spoken uh, to Greg. Greg, Greg. Greg's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really that was really something. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> there's there's a lot of a lot of great people in there. There's uh, the hypnotherapist uh, Marissa Peer. Um, that podcast episode has just touched hundreds of thousands of people. Um, so something really spoke to people in regards to that podcast. Yeah. Recently, Zach Bush was amazing to have on talking about um, death and dying and how to accept life and how to really live. Um, his work is actually centered more around um, farming and the importance of farming for mental for good mental health mm. someone you might really like to get onto your show yeah, so yeah yeah there's a there's a whole like I could I could touch what I could I could literally just say something good about every single person that's been on because they've all left like I said an impact on me mm. um, but yeah yeah I think that gives you a bit of an insight oh mate that, that's absolutely incredible that you've been able to connect with with such well-known people I suppose well to a lot of the listeners, they may not be well known, but but um, you know, realistically, these are these are world leaders. So I believe these are world leaders. They're not they're not politicians. They're actually people that are so much more above that. Um, I suppose intellect. I guess um, so to speak. Like they they've been able to do some incredible things with regards to their their own um, lifestyle, um, I suppose, achievements, but also what they've been able to sort of connect with, um, which a lot of us are, are unconscious of. And, you know, and again, you know, each yeah. of those people had their own challenges that revealed them to their greatest gifts. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and it's, yeah, just reminding people of that, you know, it's like every single one of them has been through some form of challenge that unlocked the gift that brought them to their greatness that, you know, the world now knows them for. So, again, inviting people into into feeling into what is your challenge that unveils your, your gift. And that, that's, his, that's it, isn't it? Like we, we see low points as being so detrimental and when we are sort of at a state of depression or feeling uncertain, we can... We can you know, we can use that as, a, as an opportunity to start walking up the ladder, I suppose. You know, start to make some inquiries, start to be in, intuitive or, um, I suppose, just, you know, like re reflect on why you're feeling a certain way to be able to sort of maybe find out why it is uh, that this is actually happening in your life and what, why you're feeling low. It might be the food that you're eating, the, the water that you're sharing in, um, you know, the, the, the aluminium you're putting under your arms. All these sorts of things can contribute to, uh, to to the way you feel mentally. And, you know, to be able to, that, that was a big shift for me, you know, 10, 12 years ago, like actually like questioning, these are all the things that society expects me to do, but are they really good for me? Probably not. The last time I got a flu injection was the last time I got the flu. And I haven't had the flu <laughs> since, you know. So, so I was actually like quick, quick questioning those little little things that, um, that, that really made me, I suppose, um, you know, take a different direction and, uh, and, and sort of stop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
There has definitely been like a. Uh, oh, sorry, go on. You no, no, go ahead. No, no, you, you go. Now. Well, I was going to say that you know, there's like it speaks to the domestication, you know, of of man, if you will. Yeah. Um, there's no other real way that I can put this, but I, I can feel that there's this like domestication that we've gone through. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I, I remember being, you know, in the city here in Melbourne and, and looking up at this billboard, and there's this. You know, there's this chick in a bikini. There's this dude in his in his in his bombs, right? And I'm and I'm looking at him, and you know, they're airbrushed to the nth degree. You know it, but at the same time, you can't help but look up and go, "Geez, you know, they're fit." And then you turn around and you go, "I bet within a four kilometer radius of like this spot right here, there's probably like, I don't know, a dozen people that look like that." Mm. Mm. If you know, if we're lucky. But yet that is what is consistently beamed at us as like this is the kind of benchmark of beauty, health, wellness, what you're meant to look like. And it's like, but all that's airbrushed, like that's not even real. So there's this unrealistic expectation placed on everybody, right, of what we're meant to live up to, right? And yeah, you know, we can talk a lot about media and what you you and I are trying to do with our podcast and conscious media. Um, but, you know, there's... There's a lot that's being pumped at us, and you just start realizing that, holy shit! Like that. At what point did that serve me? And it's like actually, at no point did that serve me. Mm-hmm. You know, like me looking up there, feeling inadequate. Me then deciding, oh, I need to go buy that, so at least I look something like that dude. That dude's cool. Maybe I could be cool like him. Rah, rah, rah. It's all. It's all keeping you enslaved, right? It's all disempowering. Yeah. yeah. None of that is you being in your power. None of that is you finding your truth and going, yes, I totally got this, mm. right? So, yeah, there are definitely some challenges around the domestication. Um, but just like animals can be domesticated, you know, um, animals can also be de-domesticated, rewilded, if you will. Yes. Um, and I think there's a lot of this happening in this day and time. You know, this is why, you know, the Inspired Evolution is dedicated to spiritual entrepreneurialism. Entrepreneurs think outside the box. They're not domesticated, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. They're, they're de-domesticated individuals. Right, people are thinking outside of the box. And if you're spiritual, you're de-domesticated. Why? Because you're bigger than just the skin suit that you're in, right, in many ways. So, yeah, there's a real – I do think there's a real resurgence of de-domestication, if that's what you want to call it, um, right now. And I think we are evolving and, you know, it is a a time of change. Yeah, well, the question I was going to ask you, um, being in the city – what do you do to keep yourself, you know, renatured, or what do you do to get renatured? Because you're in this, uh, in this concrete jungle consistently. I know when you're living in Fitzroy, it was probably like that. Like, you gotta. We're 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 animals at the end of the day. We've got to be able to connect with um, with nature to be able to get grounded again. Is that something that you might have felt challenging? When yeah. You were, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I found. Yeah, I found. Um, I found. I found my way with the world. So once a month, I'd go out um, to a retreat in nature. Yeah. Um, and really just spend at least the weekend, um, if not four or five days, just sort of just connecting, you know, just taking some time out, you know, camping um, and just just decompressing everything a little bit, you know, like it's so easy to get in the city, just like you get so caught up in the frequency of everything. Mm. Um, but just to go out, spend some time in nature and just realise, you know, that even just simple thoughts, you know, like you're walking on trails and just realising that, you know, people have been walking these trails for, you know, well, you know, current civilization for hundreds of years, but, you know, the indigenous before us, probably thousands of years have been walking these trails, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I'm just another bloke walking this trail and I, my time will come and go and all my worries will also come and go with my time, you know. Yeah. And it just, it really, yeah, it's just, Australia's a beautiful country, so it's really beautiful to get out, spend some time in nature, and then, you know, spending time meditating in nature, and then sort of, you know, connecting to that, when I'd come back to the cities and just spend, you know, have a regular meditation practice, obviously meditation's not for everybody, but it is definitely the silver bullet for me, mm. um, yeah, it helped me heal my depression, um, you know, six years of depression, and you know, meditation basically reconstituted my life is the way that I share it from stage. So, mm. yeah, you know, just sitting there and just meditating every morning um, and it just really connects me back into the space where I find myself again. Mm. And then little things, you know, gratefully I've got a dog, you know, going out to the local park, making sure I take my shoes off when I'm walking around the park so I'm just yeah. grounding, you know, like simple things. 
making sure that I've got a water filter so that there's not like, you know, heaps of chlorine and all that sort of heavy metals in my water, mm. um, making sure I'm trying to eat food that's, you know, well-sourced as much as possible, um, trying to get some sun whenever it's possible, even though Melbourne can be pretty gloomy, mm. um, you know, all the little basic things, um, you know, finding my own way to connect to that. And even, you know, like, and this might be a bit too out there for, for some of the people tuning in, but, you know, like, the moon has its cycles. It waxes and wanes, you know, and if you're looking for connection to nature, you can connect to the moon. Mm. Yeah, set an intention every moon cycle, mm. you know. Um, so every time, you know, you, you have a full moon, you can set, you, you can give back the previous intention and pick up a new intention. So one intention could be abundance, mm. you know. You could be looking for abundance for a particular 28-day period. Mm. And the next 28-day period, it might be more around family. Right? And then you just set that intention. Now, you're just setting intentions similar to how you'd be setting goals for a month, but you're connecting it to the moon cycles, mm. right? Mm. Now, unintentionally, you're connecting yourself to nature, right? Yes. And back when, you know, there was the solstice, summer solstice, winter solstice, equinox, people would come together for a harvest, for a prayer. You are some ways connecting yourself back to that original de-domesticated wisdom, mm. you know, the natural way that we are. So... Even if you're living in the city, I don't think there's – I think there's plenty of ways that you can find um, connection to nature um, because ultimately we are nature, yeah? Like we're, we're human beings. We're also animals, yeah? We, we often like to go along this journey of like, you know, there's us and then there's nature. Mm. Um, and it does seem like that when you see how disconnected we are in, you know, and we're destroying the world at a really interesting rate. Like it's phenomenal, mm. um, man, like – Massive hats off to David Attenborough. If I could, I'd love to interview him mm. um, because his documentaries recently are just, you know, like, yeah, it's it's just been really full on witnessing, you know, what we've done to the planet. Mm. Um, so I can understand that we feel disconnected from nature, but I think that's really important to remember that we are nature, yeah. right? And potentially the disconnect that we have within ourselves, right, is probably what's mirrored out there in the world, the disconnect that we have with the way we treat the world and, you know, treat each other. So if we can learn to, you know, and this is, again, getting a bit woo-woo, but learn to wage peace. Like, this is how Marianne Williamson put it on the Inspired Evolution podcast, that you've got to actively wage peace. Mm. There's organisations out there waging war, yeah? Mm. But do you actively take the time to sit there and, like, be kind when you don't want to be kind? Mm. That's you waging peace. That's you giving yourself a break and going, I don't want to be angry. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to feed the beast. <laughs> oh, it is. You know? But, but you and it's like, do you, yeah. Go ahead, mate. I was just going to say, do you wage that peace? You know, like it takes energy to be a certain way, you know, like, and you've actually got to do the inner work and potentially, you know, this is the inspired evolution. If we could learn to do our work, right, and like find ourselves in a more whole place and realize that we're not going to be perfect, yeah. right? But not project our imperfections on other people as well. Then, potentially from that space, we give the whole world a break, you know, yeah. and we stop, you know, living up to these false expectations, and we actually accept where we're at and we try to make some, you know, reasonable decisions. The 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 inability of us to accept ourselves, I think, is mirrored in the inability to accept that the world is actually going through the crisis that it is. Mm. People just won't accept it. Yeah. Still driving the cars everywhere, doing everything, everything, everything the way that they have been doing it. Um, we also can't accept that we've got, you know, this inner turmoil within us. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, I, I had Trevor Henney on yesterday. We talked about the Egyptians sort of predicted this moment in time 4,000 years ago, you know. <laughs> there was going to be uh, a major disruption. Um, obviously, there's a raising of consciousness underneath that. Um, but we also looked at, say, 9-11 when that happened and how, how the heart started to open for individuals around the world and the, the global coherence that came from that um, was, was phenomenal. Um, you know, rather than going too much in our minds when we've, got dis, uh, when we've got challenges like this, we can actually, like, start to open up our heart a little bit more and maybe you spoke about um you know the the, the consciousness levels like kindness being a, a high level of consciousness you can always be kind but fear being a low level of consciousness and not giving too much energy to fear would you agree yeah yeah and also like trusting that you know even if you are operating from a pace of fear like you know the minute you're being hard on yourself for being in that space 
you're just you, you you're still feeding the you know the, the old Cherokee saying there's the good wolf and the bad wolf, right? Mm, yeah. So even when you're being hard on yourself, you're still feeding the bad wolf, yeah. So again, it's about you know just being like, okay, I've got this propensity with myself to you know be operating from fear. Okay, well that's just who I am for now, and that's also fine. And then just considering an alternative, not being like, oh shit, I'm so fear based. Right, because the minute you do that, you're berating yourself again. There's a lack of, you know, self-honouring, self-trust. You're further disenfranchising yourself from yourself because there's another part of you that you hate now, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just bringing yourself to the space where, yeah, you can just go, okay, like, and again, it's not easy, right? It's easier to be like, oh, man, I'm just so full of fear, mm. right? It's just so easy to say that as opposed to go, take a deep breath, man, I'm really afraid, I was afraid of leaving my job. It's like, and what would I do if I wasn't afraid? Shit, like, I'd believe that I could create the life that I wanted to. Mm. Right, well, then instead of just saying, you know, the world's fucked up, people don't get to live the way that they want to live, you know, it's all just, you know, a rat race, rah, 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 rah. Mm. Instead of talking about it, I'm just going to try and do it and see where it takes me. Mm. 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 And then just doing it, right? Now, now, that's not easy, yeah, but it's, it's, it's it's really empowering. Mm. Well, the, the the growth never really happens from the easy road, does it? I guess you've got to be able to explore what's uh, what's possible when you are uh, at the crossroads of uh, of possible change, you know. And um, turning right rather than turning left might be might be difficult, but certainly uh, you know if you hadn't have turned right back then, you'd be still in an engineer's role and, and miserable and. Uh, and not being able to achieve the things that you have achieved now, and and geez, look look at how much good's come from 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 that decision that you made that was tough and challenging, but also at the same time, you know, the you, you knew from your heart, and this is the thing to be able to become more co- coherent with the heart. I believe that's going to give us a lot of the answers that we're actually looking for. Yeah, and touch wood, like for those tuning in, like you know, I really appreciate the reflection that you you put back to me and. One of the things that keeps me inspired and keeps going, guys, is that I actually see myself as the dead weight, right, in around all of this. Like, if I can change, and this was the big thing about setting up the Inspired Evolution, is like, if I can change, dude, anyone can change, yeah, right? Because I was so entrenched, as you guys know, like, again, everything I've shared, I was so entrenched on a certain path towards, you know, domesticated success mm. that wasn't aligned to what was my success, my own spiritual calling, right? Um, and I just, you know, if I was that entrenched, you know, and that pot committed, if you want to call it that way, and I could fold, you know, and call up a new hand, the I'm, I'm hoping that other people can do it too. And, I, you know, it keeps me inspired that, you know, just that that, that thought that I'm, I'm, I'm the dead weight. Like if I'm already changing... You know, I'm surely the rest of the world has probably already changed and I'm just the last one behind them, <laughs> you know. Um, it makes it a lot easier sort of having that perspective. Yeah, mate. Beautifully said, Amrit. Um, I'm very mindful of your time and, and getting back to your beautiful new little baby boy. So uh, <laughs> I, I really am grateful for the chat. Now, how can people get hold of you if they want to look at your amazing work and maybe connect with you, maybe get some, some support or listen to some of the great work you've got going on out there? Sure, easy done. Thanks for that, Aaron. So the um, the easiest place to tune in is uh, to subscribe on, on YouTube. Um, come find Inspired Evolution. It's just www.youtube.com forward slash Inspired Evolution. Super easy, one long word, Inspired Evolution. Um, hit subscribe. There's episodes coming out every week. Um, again, that's just me sharing with you um, insights that can help you live the life that, you know, you fundamentally know that you want to live and can live. Mm. Um, And sometimes just getting out of your own way, whether you need help building a vision, whether you need help believing in yourself or whether you need help with the practical how-to, what do I do next, all those um, tips and uh, philosophies are right there um, in in the podcast. Um, And if you do want to work one-on-one as a coach, then, you know, if you're tuning into the podcast, you'll find your way there. But the website, you can definitely make your way to www.inspiredevolution.com, find out more about what I'm up to in the world. Um, You can connect with me um, via a form there. Um, just submit it and yeah, it comes straight through to my email. So that's that's the easy way. And uh, as I can, go, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, um, just as we draw to a close, um, just before we do, I I couldn't really leave without sort of sharing just the message in my heart, guys. Is 
that your health is your purpose, right? And your purpose is your health. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about mental health. There's a lot of, you know, we, we think a lot about our physical health, you know, um, and sometimes we don't even consider the mental health piece. Mm. A lot of us are now starting to talk about mental health, which is great, yeah. Mm. Um, what I have just found through my own journey, and this is by no means like everybody's truth, but again, noticing my biggest challenge was my misalignment. I wasn't living in alignment to my purpose, right? Mm. What it was that I was put here to do, mm. which is to have conversations like this with you all, right? Now that I'm doing that, so many pathways have opened up. It's ridiculous what's been able to happen. Mm. Touch wood. I still pinch myself and I go, really? Like that happened? And it's just when you're on purpose, that's the kind of stuff that pops out. And imagine like the health and the vitality that you feel from that positive mindset when you're aligned and you can actually create a life from that alignment, mm. right? You are just, you're brimming, right? And that's not through anything other than the fact that your health actually equals your purpose mm. and your purpose equals your health. And if you find yourself stressed out, look, don't, you know, if you're off, if you're, if you're not on health, you may just, you may be off purpose. And if you're off purpose, you'll find generally that you're off health. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I was going to say about stress is, you know, stress is not a bad thing. Don't demonize it, yeah, because your stress is an ally. It's letting you know that you're in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really positive response. But the thing is, we just down another coffee, you know, take another no and just keep going on. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, no, 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 that was, that was your call to slow down. Yes. Your stress is one of the best life coaches you've already got in your life, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, just learning to honor that. So... Just sharing with you guys, like, you may not care about your purpose, but you probably do care about your health. So if you do care about your health, please, if you take anything away from me, is start to, you know, give a hoot about your your purpose um, because it's actually what's underpinning your health and they're actually both the exact same thing. Absolutely. Uh, we all know as little boys what it is that we love to do. It's about reconnecting with that and following, following that. You know, I really believe so. We're, we're all here for a reason and we're all here for a, for a purpose. We've got a special gift to share and it's just a matter of being able to access that again. It's never too late to do that, you know. So, Never. Yeah, I really encourage uh, people listening to reach out to you, Amrin, and uh, so grateful for the chat, mate. You've, you've taught me a lot over this last hour. Um, you know, in many ways, it's really opened up new neural pathways in my mind that uh, maybe have been dormant for a while and, um, you know, it's inspired me to be able to, to do more with... Um, with what I'm purposeful about it all. So I thank you. It's my absolute pleasure, brother. Thank you again so much for having me and everybody again, you know, just truly, truly tuning in, taking out the time and energy to, to tune in to, uh, to Aaron's podcast here. It's, you know, it's a total labour of love. Um, and, yeah, just really appreciate you all tuning in and, and taking the time to, yeah, just to, to listen to two brothers speak. Guys, thanks so much for joining in. Um, look, that was just a snapshot or a snippet of what Emirates uh, has got to, uh, to teach here. Um, I really encourage you to reach out to him, uh, look at his website, what he's, what he's done, what he's doing. Um, he's just so, so knowledgeable, so passionate. You know, that, that intellect that he had with regards to his, uh, his, his curriculum upbringing um, compared to where his things, things are now and, and where he's gone is, is just incredible, you know. So he's had such a blessed life, but he's redirected that because it, he was working away from his, uh, his alignment. And, um, you know, a couple of key words that he sort of suggested there was, you know, obviously domestication of man and sort of how he was being sort of, you know, domesticated to what others sort of thought was right for him, but maybe it wasn't right for him. So for him to have the courage to move away from that, um, is, is a real credit to him as an individual, but how much um, that career misalignment actually, like, gave him, um, you know, no purpose, but now he's actually giving himself every chance to be the best person that he can possibly be. So there's so much to learn from that. If you'd like to reach out for me, appreciate your feedback, support at backmind.com.au. Have a look at the website at backmind.com.au and um, yeah, appreciate your feedback on this conversation. Cheers.